0: Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome back to another episode of Profit First Nation, my entrepreneurial friends. So today is an episode ending in four, which means that we go all in on episodes ending in four and nine. All in happens to be the title of Mike's next book that will come out in January 2024, titled All In How Great Leaders Build Unstoppable Teams. And, you know, Mike's books are an evolution for us, the entrepreneurs. And you know, if you have 10 or more employees, a million dollars or more in real revenue, well then guess what? Your largest expense is likely employees and your payroll and so we know from profit first that there's only two ways to increase profitability number one increase margin and number two decrease expenses so what we see is that businesses especially with 10 or more employees really sort of you know can lose sight of their profitability and just let profit walk out of the door in terms of entitled paychecks that one two and three star employees average ho-hum or worse employees are just collecting by default and not producing a return so remember what we need to do is that we need to have at least a 3x to 4x return on payroll and that is what is super important so Today's episode is uh, why and how to let employees go when that said employee is not producing that 3X to 4X return on payroll. All right, let's dive in. So there are four reasons of why you need to let an employee go. And reason number one is what we just talked about is if they're not producing that 3X to 4X return on payroll. You know, that means like, let, let's put this into dollars and cents. If you've been paying someone, let's say they're, they're a new hire and. They're just kind of not getting it. You're four months in and you've paid them four months worth of salary. Uh, you're paying them, let's just say a thousand dollars a week times, uh, four months. So you've paid them $16,000. But my guess is if they're not producing a 3x return, they're probably just not even breaking even on payroll. They might even just be like producing two months worth of work in that four months that you've been paying them. So not only are you not producing a return on that payroll, you're going negative on that payroll. You're only getting 50% of of, of the effort for the 100% that you're paying them. So, you know, if you've got employees who are not producing that, that 3X to 4X return on payroll, that is reason number one why you have to let them go. Reason number two why you would need to let an employee go is because, they annoy you, um, you know, it's just they, they, they drive you crazy. And whenever I talk about this topic, I just kind of shudder because I go back to that day, 20 plus years ago in my first business, I uh, had an employee named JP and I woke up one Monday morning and said to myself, can I call in sick to my own company because I wanted to be fake sick so that I didn't have to deal with JP for another week. And that was my wake up call of, oh my gosh, are you serious? <laughs> you wanna call in fake sick to your own company because of an employee and you're the employer and the owner of the business? Uh, so that, that was my moment that I said, okay, I, I, I can't let this happen to me again. I've gotta get real serious about hiring. So 20 plus years later, Here we are, and and I've really cracked the code on how to recruit, hire, and retain five-star employees, thanks to JP, uh, making me wanna call in sick, fake sick to work. So the issue with why, you know, someone would annoy you is because to be honest, they're not aligned with your core values. And if they're not aligned with your core values, then you're never going to really trust them. They're never going to really think and act like you, like you need them to. And so that's why the first star and the five-star employee rating system is alignment with core values. Because when you have employees who are aligned with your true core values, they think and act like you, which is, you know, what you want, that's how you can profitably scale your business. The number three reason why you would let an employee go is because they annoy your team. Uh, These people can be a little bit shady to a certain degree. And, uh, they're, they're, they're annoying your team behind your back. And so, you know, everyone seems like they get along and everyone seems polite to each other, but it's really important to, if you get a little uh whiff of something that doesn't doesn't smell right then you know you should do some investigation and and really talk to you know your most trusted and valuable employees if if there's some suspicion about an employee who might not be you know pulling their weight who might be annoying the team who might be acting differently to those team members behind your back and uh you know you don't want to jeopardize losing your best employees because you have one fake employee Uh, So that is reason number three, is if the the team member is annoying your other team members. And reason number four to let someone go would be because they are annoying your customers. And, you know, you you always need to be checking and, and circling back with your customers. And, you know, net promoter scores are great for that. But also, too, you know, I've seen uh, in, in different scenarios where someone is, um, is kind of gaming the system and such, and maybe colluding with someone else to, you know, double dip and, and work the system to their advantage and stuff. But it causes burden on, on, on the customer. Maybe the customer has to reimplement something twice, or, uh, you know, something was said that that wasn't wholly true and such. And, you know, those kind of people, that behavior, especially, sorry, singling out salespeople here, um, that behavior won't change. That's just part of how they how they do what they do. And those people need to go as well. So uh, the four reasons why you need to let people go, they're not producing a 3x to 4x return on payroll. Number two, they're annoying you. Number three, they're annoying your team. And number four, they're annoying your customers. So, all right, we realized they gotta go for one of those four reasons and um so now comes the how and i'm going to safely assume uh based off of population uh that 99.9 percent of you don't live in the state of montana so i'm talking to everyone uh except if you live in the state of montana that's my disclaimer uh 99.9 of you who live in every other of the 49 states uh, operate your businesses in a at-will state. And so an at-will state means that um, you can pull the plug at any time. Uh, It goes both ways. An employer can, in an at-will state, decide to terminate someone's employment at any time. And on the flip side, an employee can say, hey, you know what, this job's not for me see you later, I'm out of here. And so, you know, I like it to b- work both ways because no one is beholden to you just because you you give them a job. Um, it it needs to be a mutually beneficial uh, relationship for, you know, as, as long as it makes sense for both parties. And so really that's what being an at-will employer means in an at-will state. Now, you know, it's funny that People think that you have to have all of these reasons to fire someone and you have to put them through a, a, an arduous performance improvement plan and you've gotta give them multiple chances. I mean, some people say, oh, do I need to give them six months? And I'm like, oh my gosh, six months? Like if someone can't change their behavior in in in, in 10 days, in two weeks, then it's it's really not gonna happen. Uh, so what's important is that you understand when you let an employee go, it's OK if you have not had extenuous documentation for that. You can let them go for any reason, as long as it's not, um, you know, um, violating uh, some sort of relationship to uh, discrimination or such or or other or an unfair bias. So if someone's not pulling their weight, if uh, someone is habitually late to work, you don't have to have multiple meetings with them. You don't have to give them multiple chances and stuff. You can say, hey, I'm sorry, you've been late two days. This is your last day. And um, you know, good luck to you in your next job. When you do such thing and you fire someone at will, they can collect unemployment. And okay, no big deal if they're collecting unemployment. You don't need to go through an arduous performance plan and create all of these things to have documentation so that you can fight an unemployment claim. Because here's the truth. No matter what, you are always going to be paying into unemployment in your state. And the, the the percentage that you pay is always going to be at least a minimum percentage. So you're paying in no matter what. If you never fire someone, you've just kept paying into the system. Now, if you <laughs> make so many bad hires that you have so many unemployment claims, then um, you know, that's when the state will 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 look at your account and maybe raise your your percentage that you're getting charged uh, towards the unemployment insurance in your state. But um, you know, for most of you, if you're making, you know, a nominal number of 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 terminations in a year that are not voluntary then no big deal like it, it, just do it pull the plug say i'm sorry but uh today is your is your last day and we wish you luck in your best job you don't even really have to give them a reason which now let me transition into how do you do this so uh you, you if you're an at will state and you decide hey i'm just kind of done with this and i don't have time to you know do a a a fake job performance improvement process with them i'm just going to let them go on friday then let me tell you how to do it my friends in less than 45 seconds what you do is uh you remain standing and the candidate should be standing as well too and when you go up to them you're just going to have a you know kind of brief, quiet conversation, and you're going to start with this line. Hey, John, uh, I just want to talk to you briefly and just let you know that this is an announcement, not a discussion. You have been late five times in the last three weeks and we really just can't have that kind of behavior in this company. Everyone else is on time every day. So today is your last day and we wish you best in your new position. And because you're standing, you're you know able to kind of gently guide them to their desk where they need to grab their items and and, and guide them out the door you don't want to be sitting because this is going to come to a shock to anyone. And it's going to be a little bit of a punch in the gut too. And when you two are sitting, when you have basically two sentences to tell them that you're fired, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be shell shocked a bit, but then they're, they're going to want to talk about it. And you are the last person in the world that can provide them any sort of consolation comfort or sympathy or or what they need in in their life right now because you've just sacked them so by standing and and doing this standing and kind of gently guiding them to get their stuff and and get out of there at this point you could also have someone in the wings that um you know, removes you from the situation and that person just kind of finishes observing them, getting their stuff and leaving. But you just want to get them out the door as quickly and as soon as possible so that they can move on with their life. And they can go to their loved ones, their friends, they can, you know, hash this out with them and such. But no one in your organization is going to be able to make someone feel better about losing their job. So you just want to get them out the door as quickly as possible. Now, uh, you know, do you have to provide a severance? You don't. Uh, Every state has different laws. I'm you could say tragically in California, which is one of the least employer friendly states. So, you know, in my state, if I were to let someone go, I have to have their last check ready to hand them as I fire them. I also have to pay out any remaining balances in terms of um, vacation time so uh, or PTO. So, so something to be cognizant of, it, uh, California, I think is the extreme, but make sure that you understand, uh, the requirements of your state. When you let someone go, uh, y- you, you can, you can offer a severance. Um, and you know, that is completely up to you. Uh, it's, you know, depends upon the, this the situation stuff. Like, you know, I'd give some, some, thought to, okay, like what, how long should it take them to, to land on their feet again and find another job, um, and, and maybe give them some cushion for that time, because, you know, to a certain degree, you made a mishire. Um, and so you might want to at least, you know, for, for some conscious sake, uh, provide some sort of, of, of severance to them to just move on so after they are gone and out the door that is when you sit down and collect your thoughts and you do what i like to refer to as a post-mortem and this is when you're going to look at maybe the clues or the flags or the gut kind of things that you felt during the interview process so that you don't make the same mistake again with hiring someone else in hiring this is an iterative process in recruiting and hiring we're going to get better and better and better and you know every success and every failure leaves clues that gives us opportunities to improve upon our processes our systems and the way that we go about things so for example um you're going to want to look at uh you you know, where did they come from? Um, was it a certain kind of employer or was it a certain school that, you know, maybe just kind of hasn't proven to be a great track record for you? So for example, there is a, a, a community college, uh, near, or actually it's a, it's a four year school um, that was local to one of our offices in Indianapolis. And, you know, 12 years ago, when we were new to the market and such, we had made some hires. And uh, when we opened that office, you know, we hired, like sixteen people to start and such, and um, there were a handful from this one school. Well, they didn't work out, um, and 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 after we uh, let them go, we we looked at it and we kind of said, "Oh my goodness, interesting." They're all from, I won't name the school, but um, and 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 from that point forward you know, when we would have applicants, and even if they scored 70% or higher on our assessment, if they came from that school on their resume, that was a red flag to us for that position in that market, and we wouldn't move them forward in our process. So, you know, like, make some considerations about, like, what is their background? Where where did they come from? And what are things that you maybe want to avoid? I was talking to uh, one of our members in the All In program, a couple weeks ago and she had let someone go and uh, her her kind of beef with that person was that person had no sense of urgency. And so um, when we peeled back the layers, uh, the person looked really great on paper, passed the assessment, passed the skills testing, et cetera, but it was kind of funny that she had never experienced in you know, the 10 plus years she's had this business of ever hiring someone in, in the bookkeeping industry that didn't have urgency or a sense of urgency. And the interesting thing is that this individual, her prior experience or her prior role was, I don't know, I forget how many years, but several years as a college professor. And, you know, we kind of like, it was like a, an aha uh-huh and a ding, ding, ding at the same time, because then Cindy thought, oh my gosh, I had someone who was like an adjunct instructor at a college several years ago, and that person didn't really work out well either. So we kind of, you know, kind of looked at, well, wh- why, why would that be? And, you know, professors and adjunct instructors at the collegiate level, They don't really have to have a sense of urgency i mean they're showing up for classes a few times a week they're doing a few office hours there's nothing that is demanding that they grade papers and return test scores in a timely manner let alone right away and such and i mean come on let's be honest let's think back to our college professors and uh were they a little you know on the slower side and taking it easy and such so now cindy has a red flag that if you know someone is coming as as that as their experience yeah they totally know the subject they're they're teaching it so you would think oh my gosh that's the best kind of candidate someone who can teach it but you know again the environment that they've worked in just doesn't match the pace that cindy needs and the expectations of her clients so so those are kind of ways to look at things. You know where where was where 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 was the education, um, and then where was their prior experience? Where did they work previously? Um, and then you know I just want to say when you're looking at someone's resume. It can be, it can be hard, which is why we say, you know, do that assessment first. Um, the all in assessment allows you to score candidates against the benchmark for the role. And, uh, and, and so you're really kind of able to see, do they have, you know, the aptitudes and the potential to be successful in this role? But, um, I like candidates who have, and, and, and it might not be in a resume, but it's a great thing to kind of ask in the interview process. Um, you know, if if someone is in their 40s, they're not necessarily gonna have Their uh, jobs in high school or college on their resume. But I always like to ask that, even if it's not on the resume, uh, you know, what, what, what did, what did you do? When did you start working in high school? What was that job? What did you do in college? What did you do in between um, for a job uh, in the summers when you were in college and such? And what I'm looking for here is someone who worked in hospitality, food service, Um, maybe someone who, you know, worked on a landscaping crew or worked outside someone who like is, is used to fast pace, used to being busy, um, and used to like physical labor. I mean, you know, if you're working in the food service industry or, you know, in some sort of outdoor capacity on a landscape crew or, or, or a mover, like there's, there's lots of, um college movers and and college painters out there and such who do that kind of work during the summer. You know, that tells me that that someone, no job is beneath them. Like they know how to grind, they know how to get it done and they're not gonna cry about it. Um, you know, they didn't take the, the the easy job that is sitting at a desk doing nothing. Um, and, and hospitality is great too because People in hospitality just really know how to take care of people. They have a serving mindset, and uh, whether you this person would be customer or client facing or not, you know, people with a hospitality background and a and a and a, and a training to serve others are either serving your employees or serving their fellow employees. So um, that is a quick tip there. Then, as again, part of your post-mortem, you're going to want to look back at your interview notes. Yep. Mm hmm. You are. Uh, so, you know, when when you when you do your interviews, you should be pulling your eleven qualities um, interview packet and you should be pulling your um, aptitudes and skills deep dive interview packet and going through those questions and looking at, you know, were there any flags with this candidate? And then, you know, are there any questions that you can add into uh, the, the situation? So even though in the example of Cindy that we identified that probably college professors or adjunct instructors are not for her, even though she's never really had to test for urgency before, she has included now some new questions in her, Interview packets and her screeners that will give her, you know, some idea to be able to assess someone's urgency. So, uh, you know, that's checked off the list. And that, uh, my friends, is you know we learn best sometimes from from our mistakes. Sometimes we have to touch the stove to believe it's hot. And um and and the same thing when we make hires, you know. I, Most businesses are about 25% successful. So that means only one out of four hires is a five-star employee. That means three out of four hires are considered mishires. Um, you know, when you're following the five-star employee rating system and you're going all in and really having a good solid gauntlet process and system associated with your recruitment and hiring, you know, you should have a 90% success rate. Uh, people are human. That's why it, I don't think it can get to a hundred percent. And then there's always that opportunity for improvement with your post-mortem exercise. So really, you know, I was thinking. Uh, this morning that, like, going all in, I mean, on your recruitment and hiring is, and retention of, of five-star employees is is something that you should just, have to practice every day. It's not something that you know you 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 want to keep your head in the sand about and such. So if you're looking for some more support, some more ideas, then check out the allincompany.com and exciting news, you can pre-order all in on Amazon now. That book, Mike's next book coming out in January 2024 is available for pre-order on Amazon and we've got some exciting program Mike and I over the next several months, and we look forward to helping you be a great leader and build an unstoppable team. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Profit First Nation podcast. We hope you found today's episode valuable and that it's inspired you to take action towards achieving permanent profitability in your business. If you want to learn more about how to implement Profit First in your business and connect with a community of like-minded entrepreneurs, be sure to visit us at ProfitFirstNation.com to download our how-to guides and resources. Remember, permanent profitability is within your reach and we're here to support you every step of the way. So let's do Profit First right together. First Nation website, related podcasts and videos are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant to financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.